Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 163 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Blue Ox. The song was called Left to the Drift, and it's off of their album Holy Vore. That'll be out April 2nd. Blue Ox includes former members of Dead to Fall, Devil Inside, Ambassador Gun, Coma Eternal, and probably a bunch more. This is their third LP. You might have heard Left to Drift previously on No Echo, the world's uh, best hardcore content creators. Well, No Echo and In Effect, all right? I'll give those two the title. But uh, that's, that's, that's going to be the theme on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. People creating content for uh, the hardcore scene. On this episode, we're going to be talking to Spencer Priest. He's got a lot of swords and a lot of fires, and everything so far is coming out forged and ready for battle, right? That's a little corny, uh, but we're sticking with it, okay? He's got this band Endgame that put out an awesome demo in 2020. He's got Scoped Exposure, which started out as a video content creator, which turned into a bi-weekly podcast. Now, bi-weekly, we're going to argue whether that means twice a week or every other week. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's, two, it's twice a week, okay? That's what it means, um, but we'll get into all that. Uh, Spencer's a really cool guy. I had a fun chat with him, and uh, you're going to hear all about it. So, Let's do the intro music, and then let's get in the episode. Damn, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? He said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? He said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. It's a hardcore podcast. He said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury all the places we've been. When they've been sitting it out, we be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been. When they've been sitting it out, we'll be getting it in. Where you getting it out? Getting it out! Alright, motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time. Rest in peace, Jay Money, and LFTW forever! Okay, so new episode, and the first thing I want to do is thank the Patreon subscribers, particularly the two new ones that came in over this past week. I got Stephen Greathouse and Rick Shirk. Thank you for jumping on board and making a contribution to keep this thing going. Hopefully, I can make it worth your while. I'll do my best. If anybody else is interested in becoming a patron, Patreon, patronage, patron in a pear tree, I don't know, whatever it's called. If you're interested, go to patreon.com slash getting it out podcast. I'll get a new episode of getting it out radio up there for you for the $2 and $3 tier. And everybody gets a sticker and pin, no matter how much you contribute. And and, and a little handwritten note too. I like to include that. Even the people I know, just to say thank you. I appreciate it. Speaking of appreciating things, it's getting warmer out. I say that hesitantly because it's barely warmer out. Like today I walked outside in my socks to put something in the trash can. And I was like, hey, this is pretty nice out here. And then I walked inside and I saw that it was only 38 degrees outside. And it's just because the sun was out and the sun's shining nice and bright today that I thought, hey, this is warm. It's not warm. It's deception. Later this week, it's supposed to be 60 and 70, like a Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday here in Pennsylvania. And then on Friday and Saturday, or Saturday and Sunday, whatever, it's supposed to snow. This is the, the spring fake out that we get every year about this time. Where it lulls you in, it's the rope-a-dope. It, it says, hey, look, come outside, wear shorts. And then uh, then you come outside and you're wearing shorts the next day and there's three feet of snow. So that's what's going to happen. I'm sure of it. I'm almost a weatherman. I get it right about as much as they do. And uh, nobody can really argue with me about that. Huh? Right? Okay. 
let's go let's go talk about what actually is happening on this episode i gave you a brief introduction about the, about spencer and what he does um I first came across his band Endgame while listening to demos on the elliptical. That that is what I do. I explain it to him in this, and you see, so you hear me talk about it again. But uh, I always like listening to these short to shorter records while I'm on the elliptical because I find it to be the most boring place on earth. It's worse than like a, a doctor's waiting room. The elliptical sucks, but I got to do something so I can uh, maintain the Pennsylvania's greatest heart rate. And uh, while I'm on there, I like to listen to demos and splits because they're quicker. And sometimes. I listen to a lot of junk, and I just toss it away, and I forget about it immediately. But sometimes I hear a demo like Endgame, or I hear, uh, what was another good one recently? Or Out for Justice, or Despise, or Gridiron. Stuff that I, I saw, I've seen, I've seen out there on the internet, but I never heard. And then I finally listen to it. I'm like, well, this is really good. I should invest some time in this. So that's what happened with me and Endgame. And that's how Spencer and I got to talking, and that's how this episode became a thing. All right. So what I'm saying is... As much as I love listening to albums, and that is my that is absolutely my preferred way to listen to music, is a whole album, you know, full length album. Uh, that that I still appreciate demos. Demos is particularly not splits are cool, but demos where you you just get a taste of what they can do, and sometimes they never live up to it. You know, when they go to record that next seven inch or full length, but something about the, the demo. If you just call it a demo and it somehow makes it better, it can work in your favor too. It's like a built in excuse. You can be like, well, of course it's not that good. It was just our demo, you know? Uh, eventually, now if you call it a promo, then we got a problem. It better be good if you call it a promo, all right? Because now you're, now, you're, now you're saying, like, check us out. But if you're saying, like, hey, this is what we might be able to do, I like that. Anyway, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but I was going to share it with you anyway. Okay, so let's just move on. Let's get into things. Let's play a song off of the Endgame demo. This one's called Above the Law. Then check out my chat with Spencer. Connor, do you know the difference between a cop and a demo? One bad judgment call. Justice! There is in a No evidence! Nothing to prove! Corruption!
talked to you a few weeks back, right? And it was kind of it's good timing because I had just listened to Endgame. I just found out about Endgame. I just checked out that demo 2020. I think I told you I was on the elliptical, and that's where like that's where I'll go through. I try to go through a lot of demos, a lot of shorter records while I'm like on there because I hate being on a fucking elliptical. It's the most boring thing on earth. So I just try to run through like some some quick some quick hitters, you know, instead of trying to get through like some long record, I'll just, you know, but, but anyway, the, I came across this one and, uh, I saw that, I feel like I had seen the cover image on some lists, you know, but then, but then when I listened to it, it wasn't what I was expecting. It was, it was kind of a lot harder than I was expecting too. Sure. And, uh, yeah. so, so I was glad when you, when you, when you mentioned about doing this, cause I, yeah, cause I'm down. Cause I, I heard what I heard, what I heard and I liked it. So, uh, yeah. Thank so you. yeah. Thank you. So, um, before we go head first into all that, I want to go with some basic shit with, with you and just, I know the orange origin stories can kind of be whatever, but real basic, how did you discover hardcore? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Big question. So, um, my, uh, my levels good for you. Oh yeah. 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 You're good. Cool. Um, so hardcore for me, I think like, I think one of my earliest like discoveries of it was I was going to school I was in middle school and a friend, my, one of my good friends, brother was playing guitar in a hardcore band. And because I went to a Christian school, I think hardcore wasn't this common thing. So a lot of people just were like, Oh, you're in this hardcore band. It is these three guys. They're in this tough boy music. <laughs> um, so I, but I was like drawn to it because, you know, growing up, I listened to a lot of like Lincoln park and Slumnod and, uh, disturbed and kind of everything in between. So I was like, well, I already like heavier music. I, I'm kind of curious on what these guys are doing. Um, so I, I remember I went to, they did like some random like local show. Um, I can't even remember like the venue or the bands that played. I just like, I have this one image in my mind of like being on the side and just like seeing like people pitting and being like, whoa, this is crazy. And then I was, I remember I was driving away and they were like throwing t-shirts into people's cars as they were leaving like for free not like hey throw me throw me a 10 back just like just throwing t-shirts so like i got this shirt for free and then that kind of propelled me to be like okay well i want to see these guys again so there was a the second show that i kind of went to which i kind of deem as like this was the hardcore moment it like it galvanized me and i was like lashed on for life was it was um means's last uh winnipeg show and for those of the listeners who don't know means was like a four-piece like face down records melodic hardcore band that was like pretty prevalent um you know into the late 2000s um you know they definitely had that dialed in like singing but like like harder stuff but not like super hard it was like still very melodic um, and it, so it was their last tour. I, I knew like maybe a couple songs, but I went to, to that show. It was at the church basement in Winnipeg, Manitoba and seeing people like climb on top of each other for, for a chance to grab the mic and having people like mosh and then almost knock PA speakers over. And all these people are like holding them up together. There was such a community aspect that I was like, seeing in its rawest form and that i was just like yeah i want to be a part of this i want to play in bands i just want to be at shows and see this kind of energy and experience this because i had never seen that anywhere else so i feel like 
discovering hardcore was like you know by accident through seeing people who just played music in in school but then seeing that and it's like here's a true hardcore show where people are going off and just having an absolute blast right right i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna check a bev if that's okay that's all right i I know you do the you do this you do that (laughs) don't you here i'll give you i'll give you my check here this is uh this is uh what is this South County Brewing. It's my favorite brewery. Oh, it's nice. Intervals. It's uh what is this? Strata hops. Anyway, I, lo- I love this. Love that brewery. They, they they got all the good shit. Yeah. So this is a, a Calgary um local brewery called New Level. Yeah. Um this is a little shameless plug, but they're actually gonna be sponsoring the podcast. Oh nice. So I picked up my my monthly flat as we've agreed to. Um but yeah, New Level Brewing in Calgary. Uh this is it's called Prince of Tartness, which is a sour New England pale ale. So nice. not sure if you want the pale ale, not sure if you want the sour. This Just is go right, right in the middle. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's you know, I well, f- shit, I could go on a whole beer tangent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. That's a whole, yeah. whole separate conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyway, so so how, all right, so so there's a couple of things that you mentioned about the, your discovery of hardcore that, that I want to talk about. The One, it sounds like the, there was a, a decent amount of, well, you mentioned you were in a Christian school, and that that means Bambi on Face Down Records. Were, were you like, was it the Christian hardcore scene that you first found yourself getting involved in? Yeah, I definitely like you know growing up. I remember one of the first times I heard heavy music was um, a friend of mine showing me uh, Demon Hunter, which is like okay, a yeah. very like you know your your very basic bitch like like Christian metal kind of band. And then um, over time, I found bands like Underoath and Emery and like kind of all of that realm of like Tooth and Nail and Face Down. Yeah. So I, I think it was just an introduction because it was like being kind of largely in a Christian bubble growing up where it was like, well, like these bands like Cannibal Corpse are like just very, very intense. But I like I, at least I can show my mom these inhale exhale lyrics and she'll approve of them and i won't get in trouble or things like that so i think it was just like the natural course of of that and then over time realizing that it was like you know even the ethics of a lot of you know call like like it's weird to even say like secular but just like normal hardcore bands that like don't have anything to do with you know religion or faith still have the ethics and the moral standing that you know at, at least i was growing up learning at at my house and at, at school so that's always kind of been interesting where it's like you know christian is a very dirty word in our like society and culture because it comes with a lot of connotations of like oh are you are you religious or like are you going to push you know like the bible on me but for me it's like i've kind of just come through the the whole gauntlet of just like be a good person sure and yeah. just be nice to people and whether that is like not allowing a difference of belief like be a an actual brick wall between that generosity and that kindness towards others so that so you know to dive back to the music it was like at the beginning yes it was definitely like okay i'm not going to get in trouble if i'm listening to these records but then over time it was like well i'm just going to listen to what i want to right and, uh, yeah well that's uh, so i got some interesting parallels there i i would never grew up christian or into anything like that was never that was never anything of it but this area 
um, it's really prevalent here. This is Lancaster, Pennsylvania. The, we have are the biggest band ever from here, I think, is August Burns Red, right? And those, okay. those were the guys I was going to shows with back back when, early 2000s, when basically metalcore was considered hardcore for those, whatever, however many years. And, <laughs> sure. um, yeah. But prior to that, there was like this festival around here called Purple Door, and it was this Christian music festival. And I remember going one year with, a friend of mine, an old neighbor of mine called me up. He was, he went to the Christian school himself and he said, Hey, are you, I remember he called me, he says, Hey, are you into, are you still into rock music? Cause he had moved away. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know, 14, 13, 14 or something. And uh, he just got his license and he's like, okay, so POD is playing. So one, you know, they, they just becoming like a thing. So yeah. we go to this POD show and it's, it's POD uh, project 86. I'm sure you're familiar with these bands, POD yep. project 86. Uh, but then on there is also Living Sacrifice and Zayo and yep. like and yep. and I, f- I forget who else. But 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 there's people hardcore dancing, moshing, you know. And there's t- t- a equal an equal amount of people like push moshing and just doing the normal like everyday concert thing. Yeah. And that like you were talking about, the seeing everybody jump on each other, hit each other, whatever, just go ape shit and be cool with it was. It's totally intriguing me. I still had no idea what it was when I left there. You know, I remember people mm-hmm. walking around. There's people with no innocent victim shirts on, and, and I remember the kids that I was with having a debate about what no innocent victim actually means. No, nobody knew it was actually a you know a hardcore band. But anyway, yeah, I'm gonna get way off track. But so my question is, I don't. So me seeing them dance and mosh, I don't know when I started getting involved. Like actually, actually getting involved. Do you know for yourself when? you got to the point where you felt comfortable enough to like be a part of it instead of just watching it to how long it took you to get into it. Yeah. So definitely like I played in I like the first few bands that I played in were not hardcore bands. I went through the unfortunate gauntlet of like playing in pop punk bands and like those kind of shows. Yeah. Um, and you know, I played in some, you know, choreographed stomped metalcore kind of shit. And then over time I was like, okay, I want to play like I'm listening to hardcore music, I want to play that. Right. And one of the I think the first the first time that that was that I felt yes, this is a hardcore band that I'm playing in um was this band from from Winnipeg called Extract. Um for any anybody listening if you like like really like just very caveman kind of like metallic hardcore like extract is definitely up there but my friend hofe wrote these two eps with my other friend brad um they kind of curated a lineup and it was like a four piece and i was like well like this band doesn't need a second guitar but it would sound sick with another guitar live yeah, yeah. so i i messaged him they were going on like a really short um, like a, playing a couple shows in the States. And I was like, Hey, um, I want to play second guitar. And they were like, okay, like we're jamming <laughs> in two days, uh, for a show in five days. So I went to that jam. I, I learned all the songs and then I played that show five days later. And then we went on the tour, I think like a few days after that. Um, and it, like, it wasn't a tour. It was like, we were piggy piggybacking on the fact that another band was going on tour and we just met them in will no not wilmar in peoria uh where is that illinois Peoria, yeah in illinois and then kind of worked our way back up to to canada so we we only played like a couple shows um but that was like 
oh, like I'm playing really simple like riffs and my friends are beating the shit out of each other. This is cool. Right. Yeah. Um, so then shortly after that, I, I, I kind of did the same thing. Uh, there was another band who had uh, a four-piece a four lineup and I just joined in on second guitar. Uh, that was called Usurper, which is more of a, like, I, I call it like a power trip worship kind of band, like very crossover thrash. Um, and then over time, it was like, okay, this is very cool. Um, I moved to Calgary uh, in 20, I was trying to remember this today, actually, 2017, because um, my wife had a lot of family in Alberta, and we didn't really have any more family in, in Manitoba. And at, when I first moved out here, I didn't want to. I did want to be in a band, but what I wanted is I wanted to just do the same thing that I'd done with those other bands. Just join in, be passive, and not have to hold a lot of the creative responsibilities or decisions and just be like, yeah. you guys write cool music, and I'll just show up and play them. Um, and I reached out to a couple of bands that were set up here, and none of them uh, bit or you know, none of them really wanted to do that at the time. And then over time, I was like, you know, because I film shows so often, I was like, I need to be on the other side of the camera and like playing uh, music. And then that's kind of how Endgame came to be. Um, so, yeah, like it was it's it's been very strange to just like I, I think a lot of people I think you're seeing now that there's no real one path into hardcore. There's like sure. people that come from all lanes, whether it's like. I grew up listening to the Gorilla Bishes and people were like, I grew up listening to Attack Attack, but still meeting at the same festival to see in the same lineup. So to me, that's very interesting. It, it is. And that's that's the thing that I love to you know point out that it doesn't matter either. Like it does mm-hmm. it does because people put so much weight on that. I don't like if they came out of, you know, the womb with the minor threats evidence and like nobody gives I don't give a shit, man. I don't care. <laughs> I don't like I don't right. care how long you've been doing this. I I was I was trying to think earlier. I was trying to think earlier because I was listening to I was listening to uh, Post America podcast. You ever listen to Post America podcast? It's the no. it's it's the three of the guys from Wisdom and Chains. They do this podcast. Oh, and, and, okay. And uh, the well, there was two guests they had on this week that I found interesting. One is uh, was was my good friend Dom, who's in Integrity, and we did Pulling Teeth, a Canadian as well. Um, and they <laughs> had on uh, Aaron from Death Threat, and years ago. Aaron and Death Threat were playing in Baltimore when I lived in Baltimore, and they would always stay at our house in Baltimore. And I remember sitting out back the next morning, and I was like 25 at the time. And I yeah. remember we had this conversation like, I can't, I never thought I would still actually be listening to hardcore at 25 years old. And at that time, he was like, motherfucker, I'm 40. You know? <laughs> like, like right. I didn't think I'd be here either. Like, and yeah. and the and. The funny thing was, was that you know everybody had everybody in that little circle had a had a different year, and it doesn't matter. It, it didn't matter. You're all still sitting in that fucking circle having that conversation the day after the show. You know what I mean? It didn't matter how you got there, or what, like or why why you're still there, and it was just a cool yeah a cool moment. And it's the thing I always reflect on. I was I had uh, Brianna Bennett from Bugging on recently, and we got onto that, and she was talking about the way that she got involved and how it's entirely different from the way anybody my age could have got involved. It wasn't just that wasn't an option to come in through the internet, you know, prior to the two thousands. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it doesn't matter, but it, but it, so with the guys that you started end game with, did you, did you know them prior to starting the band? Is this all people that you knew were doing music or 
was this something you got you got to Calgary and then you met new people and formed this? Yeah, I think it was, you know, I've been really fortunate to film a lot of, you know, big and small shows kind of in Calgary, around, you know, just in Western Canada in general. So even even before I moved, I would go to Calgary for the fest before it was called Wild, Ro- Wild Rose and see a lot of these people. And like, I, it's always a weird thing when you're a videographer, like sometimes because I'm editing a video or I'm editing a set and someone is on my computer screen for just like longer than, you know, a face to face conversation. Well, face to face, like, yeah. you know, conversation that we're having, like in my mind, like I, I sometimes have to check myself that like because because I'm seeing this person more, it doesn't mean they're seeing me more. <laughs> right. Thus they probably don't, you know, give as much as of, of a shit as, as I do maybe about them. but that that's a that's a whole nother tangent. But with uh with Endgame, what was kind of funny is I um there was a band here in Calgary. Um I'll I'll probably just leave out their name, but they had to kick out their uh guitar player so they were like looking for a second guitar player and again this goes back to how i wanted just to jump into a band sure. not really have to build it from the ground up and uh because i've done that with so many of my like of my own projects and it's like a lot of love and labor that goes into it yeah so i was like this is perfect i went to a couple jams and then by the second jam it was like hey, we're actually going to break up. I was like, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> so um, Chad, the drummer, uh, was like, well, do you just want to start a new band? And so he was like, yeah, I'm for it. So uh, we, so Chad and I both went separately, but we like, you know, met up there because we're homies uh, to a fest in Vancouver called uh, DPK Five Year. And it was like their five-year anniversary. So they did five shows in three days. So imagine a pre-show Friday night, a day show on Saturday, evening show that same day, and then repeat on Sunday. Absolutely killer, killer lineup. You know, Integrity was headlining one of the nights there. Um, You know, a plethora of rad California bands like Hands of God, Drain, No Right. Like that was like before Drain has all had had all the hype that they have right now. So seeing them early was a really cool opportunity and i remember it was the very last night and we're standing on the floor after every band had played and it's me chad and wolfgang who does vocals in the band and we're like it just came up like yeah like i've been trying to start with remy who's our bass player he wasn't at the fest but he was saying like yeah we've been trying to start a band for like for years and i'm like me and chad are starting a band and then we were just laughing at like of course, it takes going to Vancouver, like a 12 hour drive away to like be like, hey, let's start a band once we all get home back into Calgary. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the 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 formation of like kind of the original lineup. Um, we started jamming um, and it was going well. We were writing songs. And then Chad, like Chad actually broke his foot because he was working at a bar at a time at the time and he dropped a keg on his foot Ooh, yeah so he it. was wearing yeah, yeah so he had like a boot on while he's like riding these double bass part parts and i was i was in my dropbox and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe that i have these saved videos of us riding these like crazy double bass parts and he's like playing drums with this giant boot so shout out to chad but he essentially stopped doing drums um, kind of dropped out of just playing heavy music in general, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of in the pickle of trying to find a 
another drummer. And so we had our friend Frank from a local band here called Snake Pit. They're kind of like a death metal meets thrash kind of band. Mm -hmm. He's not really into hardcore in general, but he was like, hey, I'll help you guys kind of, you know, finish these songs, record them, play a few shows. Um, And yeah, that's that's essentially how things got started. Nice. Well, did did you guys have a like an intended direction? Was there was there some primary influences that you said that you know you, you mentioned the way your other band sounded? Was it I want Endgame to sound like X, Y, and Z, or was it just here's yeah. what's going to happen? So, like one of the first bands that I mentioned a little bit earlier called Usurper, very power trip worship, lots of just like fast, like all that kind of shit. I wanted it to be like Power Trip 2.0 which was like that, but had the ability to scratch some of the more punk slash hardcore itches that I had. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of the other bands that I play in were played in were very just like heavy. And I was like, I want to be, I want to be able to write heavy stuff, but in standard tuning versus it's heavy because it's in drop a sharp. Right. So, so that's kind of how it went. And, and like I said, like I didn't necessarily want to be like the, the leader of a like build a band from the ground up but you know as as i see the the amount of work that you know we've all put into it it's like i definitely feel more proud of like what we've done so far versus Mm -hmm. like i into a band and you know i wrote one little riff on this one record and then we broke up or, or something like that right right well what year was it that you actually started doing this so so the band started i would say it was so so the dpk five year was february of 2019 we started jamming like immediately after we probably had the songs ready to go um by august and that's when we played our first show um with frank on the drums and then we played a few shows afterwards we our second show was scope's two-year anniversary and it was funny because we had a band drop very last minute and I was like, well, guys, like We're fucking that's going to be our second yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, at least I can count on my band to kind of fill the gaps if need. Right. And that's ended up what, what happened. Um, and then we were in the process of like recording drums uh, for our actual demo to put it out. Then, you know, this is the point of the podcast where everyone tells like, oh, here are my COVID woes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that hit and it was like, okay. We need to figure out a way. So the way we went about recording the demo was very like not in one place, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we recorded the drums at the tail end of Snake Pit, which is Frank's other band uh, or main band, I should say. They were recording an album and we were like, hey, before you tear down all the mics and drums, can we record our drums and shoot Andre like a couple hundred bucks? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we recorded the drums. You know, months went by. Then we recorded the dr- the guitars, the bass, and the vocals with someone here in Calgary. We sent all that to our good friend Chris, uh, who did the latest Stepping Stone record. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, yeah. with that band. I'm mostly so, familiar with the ridiculous cover art, but yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he did that record. Um, he's done a lot of like really ca- killer bands in that area. And I was like, I messaged him like, hey, so we have all these like essential essentially like we have drum tracks we have like vocal tracks and we have guitar and bass di tracks and we need someone to you know put the amps and just like bring it to life and he did that and then some um so 
yeah, that's how. So it was a lot of like bringing in a lot of different things versus like we went to the studio and did it all there. Yeah. Um, and over a number of months. So maybe didn't and the execution wasn't what I had thought, but the product that we got at the end of it was like it's still something I listen back like every, once a week at least just to be like, man, this sounds fucking good. <laughs> That's good. And I like I like, like hearing you. I like hearing you say that. And I, I, I you know I hate when people in bands don't acknowledge that they listen to their own bands or they say they don't. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> come on. Hey, man. Like, You're I, not kidding anyone. Yeah, no. And why wouldn't you? If yeah. You better like it, you know? <laughs> but, but anyway, so, so you've basically been around for two years and you've managed to get a lot of traction, I would say, for somebody who just, for a band who just has a, has a demo out. And, and let me add this, and this might be insulting, but for a band from Canada. no no beef taken on like i i don't know i don't know how hard it is for canadian bands to get recognition i don't know if i don't know if it's any harder or not i don't i have no idea i I don't i'm just speaking of pure ignorance you know but uh but i guess i imagine that it's harder to get out there it it definitely is i think you know that's a huge reason why i started scoped that i was going to shows and just seeing like so much talent in just like the western canada provinces so when someone thinks of canada largely they think of like toronto yes that's or it. like that's Vancouver all toronto or nope it was just or, yeah, just toronto of, yeah. <laughs> like if i had a nickel for every time that i would see north american tour announcement and it's like the one time they go into canada is to go to toronto and then they dip right back down <laughs> and go to philadelphia right. or detroit it would feel like such a disingenuous thing. And I get it. Like Toronto has a plethora of like, you know, very uh, good uh, new and old hardcore bands. You know, I think of yeah. like No Warning and like Cold Shoulder. Um, but yeah, there's like people look at our geographical disadvantage and just write us off completely. So that a that sucks. But we can't change that. So what can we do to combat that and, you know, give us a better, you know, give more people just eyes on us ultimately. Um, so, you know, that's why I wanted to start filming shows to kind of showcase, Hey, here are these bands like mortality rate or thrall and juice and all these cool bands from Western Canada who have like hype shows and people just going off. Um, and you know, there's, there, there could be a whole podcast of me just giving the praises and talking about this like weird thing where, all like we are all in different hardcore scenes, but we all feel unified when like we go to a festival and sure. like people will drive from twelve hours to twenty four hours away just to see their friends. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that it's harder. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, there are still people in hardcore who will on, not only listen but. They're like, oh, where's this band from? They're like, oh, yeah, you got to check out this yeah. band from California. <laughs> California Immediately, like, oh, give it to me. But if someone's like, hey, here's this band from, like, Savannah, or here's this band from Boise, Idaho, or here's this band from, you know, Singapore, they're like, oh, there's already, like, a little bit of a buy. Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Am I going to get something yeah. really wacky? But, you know, all those bands that I just were listening off, like Vatican from, from Savannah, Georgia, is hella sick uh ingrown from boise idaho is like hella sick to so many levels and then like you know when i think of singapore i think of fuse which is like this really cool mostly all-girl hardcore punk band 
So I th- I'm hoping that over time people are just going to be more like, hey, this band is cool and like, oh, they're from Calgary, Alberta. What are the other bands from Calgary? Oh, Trench is really cool. Serration is really cool. Snake Pit is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, uh, you know, and, and not only is there like the hardcore knowledge of like, oh, where's this band from? But there's also just the the struggle of like us going to other places in the world um, as far as, you know, getting working visa, you know, all that kind of shit. But yeah, that's a that's a whole nother thing <laughs> on top of that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it is. And and like you when you when people do go through the list of Canadian bands, Canadian hardcore bands. I I find that I do know a shitload of them. I just it's not until somebody mentions that they're Canadian, I'm like, oh yeah, like you just said, withdrawal. I love the withdrawal seven and zone eight three eight nine. I I I love that one. Eight three eight nine had a lot of uh, had a lot of Canadian bands on it, probably due to Dom being Canadian. But yeah, that, that was so. I mean, the older stuff, chokehold, haymaker, left for dead, like that that type of what is that Hamilton area? I I don't know exactly. Um, right. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so like it's possible, but it's just. It seems less likely, but, but but you mentioned like what you're doing with with scoped, which we'll get to. I want to do a couple more questions about Endgame, but um, but is 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 definitely going to help. Um, okay, so I know with Endgame you have a split coming up. Are you allowed to talk about that yet, or is that still <laughs> off the table? Uh, I, I'm guessing you know some of the the details about who. Uh, yes, because you told be doing me that with. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> um, well, you know, depending on when this comes out, maybe I'll just keep that in a secret. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's, you like can keep box. It. But I can talk about, well, I don't know. Because we kind of went through the gauntlet of like, again, we've just had like, um, as far as like locking down a full-time drummer, because Frank was like, Frank is sick. He plays the parts really sick. He like wrote everything on the demo, but he kind of forever was like, I can't commit full-time to this and that was totally fine he was been upfront about that since the get-go yeah so we got this one drummer um kind of in the midst of like covid so like adding a new member into a band with like no shows inside was kind of strange um long story short we we cut ties with him because he wasn't the right fit for the band we have a new drummer now that we're just in the process of like starting to like integrate and get him like yeah, you're going to write the parts. Uh, but yeah, we the plan is to have new music out this year, 2021. Um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, heard the demo. They really liked it. I think a lot of local people, like, like for me, it was long overdue because we were playing those songs, like, for, uh, like, almost a year. Like, by the, we had, I'm call, like, August 30th is unofficially Bad Bitch Day, Yeah, we're calling it. So that's the day of our first show. And then it was the day that we dropped the demo. So August 30th, 2021, we have to do something like really like, I don't know, to celebrate the <laughs> end game day or something. Right. Um, but yeah, to your point, we'll have new music out. It's like end game, like taking into the realm that we're trying to push the more crossover. Like it's heavier, but it, it also has a lot of just like madness to it. And uh, the band that we're doing this with is, matches that, um, but is, again, just in a very, I'll call it a very underdog area of it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fair. And uh, maybe because I know what you're saying, I, I, I get it totally. I understand completely right. what you're saying. But, Everyone else is like, what yeah, what the, the fuck are you talking, talking about? about? <laughs> yeah, and why won't you say it? Why is it a secret? Um, but, 
The uh, so so you mentioned something there that I had to ask you about. What's this bad bitch thing? What's that all about? Yeah. So <laughs> it seems like a seems like a brand or a, you know. Yeah. A, well, yeah. well, what's funny is like shout out to Nikki and Jessa. Nikki and Jessa are like two of like my very best friends here in Calgary. Um, you know, Jessa and I actually grew up together in Winnipeg and then we both moved out here at different times. Nikki has, for my knowledge, always been here, but I, I think what happened was it was like, a, like they've, they both have been like ride or die for, for our band since our very first show. And I think it was after our second show. Um, I don't know how it came up, but like Wolfgang, had heard them being like, oh yeah, Endgame is for the bad bitches. So I was like, huh, okay. So that's kind of funny. So like we put in like a caption of like a post and like a lot of people. And then just like over time it was like, oh, okay. Like people are responding to that in like a positive way. Right. right. Um, and then Nikki actually, she's she's on the last song of the demo, No Mention. Um, like I was like, Nikki, I just want you like to spit into the mic for 25 seconds about you know because she's a sex worker and um and she dances i think she's going back to work really soon here but i was like just talk about how much like money you make versus all these other you know fake ass clowns or whatever um so like we did that and just people like lost their mind like all all of her co-workers co-workers were sharing it and so it just became this thing it was like i guess we're just the bad bitch band i guess <laughs> you start a new um, niche yeah totally so um, I think by the time this podcast is out, we're actually, uh, we're, I, yeah, I, I guess I can talk about this. So we're going to actually have a bad bit. We're calling it the bad bitch sweatsuit. So it's like, um, it says end game on the front in like a very like seventies bubbly word, uh, text. And then bad bitches only on the back, which is really funny how I even thought about like, or how that design came to be. Cause what happened was. I was Googling like 70s like bubble letter art because I'm always like, can, is there a generator out there that I can make this for free versus having to pay a designer to do that? Right, right. And then I found this pre-made because there's a lot of like pre-made graphic design like websites where it's like you can just pay someone and they'll send you the files or they'll tweak it and whatever. So it was this pre-made graphic design website. And this girl had a graphic and it was exactly what I was looking for, the same styling. And it said positive vibes only. So I was like, okay. So I, I, I'm, you know, open the chat box and I send her this message. I'm like, Hey, I was wondering if you could change like just two of the words. I like, it's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm just curious if you can change the words. And this is like a girl that like, I was looking at some of her, her other art and she had like, you know, your very typical, like, uh, wedding invitations, like, like live, laugh, of, love stuff. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. And then she's like, "Yeah, I'm all for it." Like, what do you want the words to be changed? I'm like, I want you to change positive vibes to bad <laughs> bitches. And I was like, "This is where I get left unread and never hear from this person again because that is probably one of the weirdest requests that she's ever gotten." And like immediately, she's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so she and I find out this is a designer out in like Russia. And so, like, yeah. the conversion of what she charged to Canadian was, like, ridiculously cheap. So, <laughs> I don't even know her name, but if you ever find this podcast... I'm sure I'm sure she subscribes. <laughs> I'm sure the Russian graphic designer is listening to Getting It Out weekly, even. Oh, yeah. Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely weekly. 
That's funny. So, so that that ex- that explains that whole thing. Obviously, I see, you know is brought up in the song. It's on it's on the front of your demo. So, uh, so I had to ask about that, and it's fucking unique, of course. Nobody else is, yeah, I, is claiming that. I think like some things in like whether I'm doing scoped or Endgame, it's like I could have all these killer ideas, but some of the ideas just like are presented, right? And I think like seeing how people react to that and like playing on that and like that is almost better than like you know any marketing team like sitting down for 10 hours to like craft the perfect campaign or whatever like sometimes it just spontaneity kicks in and something like someone says something and you're like huh there's something there and then that becomes the bad bitch switch well i think there's there's an interesting thing like that with music where we all know it where you try forever to write a fucking awesome song and you just can't can't nail it and then you just sit there everybody sits there for five seconds like all right we need something real quick and then you bash it yeah. out and like that is yeah, and that's exactly. your hit and that's okay. that ends up being the hit and uh, you know i've heard that so many times uh from from bi- bigger I, do you ever listen to uh, there's this podcast called meet meep it's about it's uh ro- about roadrunner records basically he just go, the guy goes uh, he, i haven't listened to it but i've heard of that it's great I've heard yeah there's like a it's great and yeah, this yeah. guy has the conversations uh with um with people who you know were in in these records or had something to do with these records typically. And, uh, you hear it a lot that the, the, the big hit was a song that nobody thought anything of. It was a quick one just to get out of the way. And, you know, we just needed a ninth track and that ninth track ends up being yeah. that. And, and yeah. so, yeah, like you're saying things like that, but okay. So, so we cover a lot of end game, but, and we mentioned scoped a, a few times. I know of scoped as the podcast, but I also understand that it's a whole other thing too. Yeah. And, from what I think I understand, and you may have mentioned already, that you started it by recording bands live to give representation to Western hardcore, Western Canadian hardcore. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, you got it. So we all, I think most people involved in hardcore are familiar with Sonny and Hate Five Six, who you just had on, who you just had on your what, episode 99, I think it was. Yeah. Is that correct. basically what you're doing? Is that is yeah? Whole... I was copying like Sunny, but I mean, I mean but, in like, a good way. Like I don't mean that. Like uh, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like Sunny, I would watch like a ton of this is hardcore videos that he would do. Like still to this day, I'm like, I want to watch the Power Trip set where like they have the the whoopee cushion and like all that kind of stuff. And yeah. like he was like he is a constant source for a lot of just like people my age getting into hardcore of like hey like here's you know here's this random band that i filmed in japan and i'm like oh my gosh speed is now one of my favorite australian like bands from that area so like over time it was like yeah i was like watching a lot of videos um just getting like acquainted with some of that and then it was like okay i know how to take video like who's stopping me from doing that? And I think that there was a level of like I play in bands, but I just wanted to state to take um, that a step further as far as like con- contributing to my scene. Because I would see like you know like Adam Dyson, uh, for example, like would do vocals in Withdrawal, but he would be booking um, the show that sure, yeah. I was also playing with him. So I was like, I I need to you know be I need to do more because I wanted to do more. so. Yeah, like it was quickly. You know, even to this day, being called the Canadian Hey Five Six is like I don't deserve that title. I I get why people say that because it's very it's an easy way to it's an easy comparison. Yeah, what yeah. I do. Yeah, 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 totally. But you know, 
I feel like Sonny has like years on me and I feel like scoped has like morphed over the years as far as like dabbling in different things. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how you brought up like people know scoped through the podcast and that was purely because we just ran out of live show content. (laughs) (laughs) It was like May 2020 and I'm like, oh, like we're still in this and, and I've shared every drum cam, every live set that I had in the tank. Because, like, 2020 was going to be a year of, like, um, you know, Wild Rose 2020 was right around the corner. So there was going to be a, a, a hefty amount of content down the pipe from that. Um, I was planning on going down to a fest in uh, Detroit called uh, Motor City Fest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was just, like, all these, like, smaller festivals that I was reaching out to to, like, document. Obviously, all those things fell by the wayside. So it was like we had already started the podcast in November and we were doing everything in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was over time like, OK, I can't do anything in person. I can't film shows for I don't know how long. What what are my options? And it was like, OK, well, there's a little bit of traction with this podcast. And I was so adamant at the beginning of like it needs to be in person. It's just different. But then I was like. Well, I need to adapt to like just not have this thing just fizzle because of a pandemic. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing things over Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it kind of just, it all, like in my opinion, it kind of saved like the the channel ultimately. Like I made a separate YouTube channel for, um, uh, for the podcast episodes, but like everything is like linked to the main account. But I know as soon as shows come back and I start filming shows again, like I would normally do, there's going to be a lot of confused people that know us only through the podcast. Sure. Um, so, I, you know, that that will be something that I'll deal with when we get there. Um, but it is I think it's it was just necessary. And that's been my mindset forever of just adapting to whatever is thrown at you. Yeah. Like <laughs> pandemic okay, it's just we're we're podcasting now. And then when shows come back, we'll still be podcasting, but we'll have that as well. So, you know, it has brought a lot of new eyes and ultimately opportunities uh, to, to my to my doorstep, which is really, really cool. Because I because I I think back like, well, what if I just even for a month said, OK, well, I guess we'll just you know, maybe do one episode a week like we normally do because we increased everything because we were like, what else are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, it's, I dare call it a benefit of COVID, but there there, there are a couple things like that. Like I, I've always done mine. I've I've only done one in-person episode and that's because he's my neighbor, you know, like so I've, <laughs> I've always yeah. done it like this. Um, actually mm. I just started using video. I didn't even do video. I just did, I was, I, we were looking at blank screens, you know, nothing. Right. And, uh, and I don't even use the video. I just do it, for, you know, so, so for the conversation, but, uh, so we can see each other. Yeah. 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 But, um, the, when, when COVID hit, it didn't change anything for me other than everybody is available, you know, because yeah. everybody's at home, nobody's on tour. And, you know, it went from, I remember do, I did a early on interview with a, scott vogel where where he's like in the van you know you hear people in the background it, service cuts out 
Uh, we have to make it a yeah. two-part episode because we had to do it on another night, you know, like, like, so, so like it, it very, you know, um, in a very minor way, it was beneficial for me and the podcast. Right. But that's mm-hmm. who gives a shit really. But I've, but I noticed with people yeah. like yourself that we're kind of hell bent on doing the in-person only, it opened up the idea of doing it like this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing like this and the, it allows you to network more you know it's just a thousand a thousand percent yeah yeah it's it it just widens your scope entirely you know to the whole world literally (laughs) the whole world and yeah and yeah i don't know i think that that obviously and as you've seen is a benefit yeah i haven't even really thought a lot about like like i totally agree that our scope has opened up to everyone like i can interview dal from fuse in singapore where we have a 15 hour time difference and we're literally recording one episode on different days yeah. for me <laughs> it's saturday night and for her it's like sunday morning i can interview like sunny or isaac from knock loose or anaya from dare or like anybody but like i haven't even thought about like oh when shows come back all these people aren't gonna just be like yeah i can do it you know next week it's like oh i'm actually on tour for the next two months so uh august yeah (laughs) you know so yeah that that'll be interesting like i like like don't don't do anything to like you know further delay shows than they've already had um but yeah no i think it is intriguing because a lot of people have started podcasts yeah there's been a lot during this yeah yeah during this time and for us it was weird because we our popularity of our podcast like has increased but like we started it before you got in but you're like early we, you, you you don't gotta yeah, we were in, yeah you're we in, in you're, yeah. <laughs> you're in the club yeah, but yeah but it is like i don't know we i think about like you know in an ideal world like would i like to bring in um like like if if we if we had a a credit card with no limit and we could like flying guests sure to have an in-person interview like yeah that would be 100 sick. but the you like you you're caught con- like for me i'm constantly weighing like that as like a quality thing versus like a practical like accessibility thing where it's like well we could do that but there's more planning versus if i just zoom them and like we're still you know we're still like having eye contact with one another we're yeah. still like hitting on certain or certain topics that i want to it's like a fruitful conversation would like if that's at 95% and having them like in person brings it to a hundred, is that worth it? If you can already get it to 95% on the <laughs> Friday versus two months from now. So yeah, I, I think like not only just for podcasting, but like creative things in general, a lot of people have these very idealistic situations where they don't just think about like getting in the mud and just getting dirty and just like making content. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, well, it's got to be this and got to have the lights and it's got to be like set up this way before they even start. That's why you got to set the bar low. Like I do, you just set the bar really low and then we always, you always get over it. You know, that's, that's, (laughs) that's been my thing from the beginning is just put one episode out every week. That's the Mm -hmm. only rule. And I, I'm, I'm bullshitting a little bit, but that, that has been my, my rule, but one episode out a week and I, you know, made it 160 so far in a row, which that's almost that's three years and change or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. but you guys, you're doing two episodes a week, right? Yeah. Is and that is that just, is that something you intend to keep up? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a great question. I've thought about that. Where 
um, when shows come back, will I dip down or decrease to one episode? But I kind of like having two a week because I'm also trying to structure the show in season two once that is back March 2nd um, to being a little bit more of like not as guest dependent as right, it's been. Right. Like I'm sure you've looked at your podcast analytics and like my like my engagement compared to like someone in like a hype band is going to be different, yeah. like whether that's good or bad. Um, but you know, y- you play those games. And for me, like there's so many podcasts I listen to that half the time don't have a guest and it's them just like joking around and bullshitting and talking about certain things. And maybe there's like playing planned segments, but that's where I'm trying to push the show where it's like, we'll have guests but I also want to have episodes that are like just as fun, if not better um, than, you know, oh, we had this member of Knock Loose come on. You sure. know what I'm yeah. saying? So and and I've even thought over time, like, what if we just had it on the show where it is more maybe call it axe to ground style where it's just like chatting and, and doing different things. And then there's a su- surprise guest at the tail end of that. Right. So, again, I'm just trying to push forward of like. I'm not trying to have it so dependent on like I had a cool person or a cool person in a band. Um, I think everyone that I've had on the podcast has said really cool things, whether it's funny, serious, informative, but ultimately someone on the other side of that is going to be like, I know this band. I like this band. Click. Right, right. So I have to that for me. I've always tried to think about my content from the consumer's angle like, is it easy for them to access? Is it um, entertaining, you know, you know, during the whole process? Um, is it too long? Is it too short? So I'm always trying to, like, adjust those things, but still push them in a direction where it's, like, the ultimate goal, I think, with any podcast is, like, I upload an episode and I have a good enough reputation with my audience that it's going to be a killer episode and people are going to listen. Sure, that, that the, basically... That would mean that you have subscribers, and that that sure. automatically get that download when it when you post the podcast, right? And yeah, and so, so one one thing that I've noticed, and you kind of touched on there, I don't know if you meant the same way I'm going to say it, but when I have on, I've had on some pretty big names, right? And I've had on some pretty not well known names, which is like you know that's yeah. that's what I want to do. Um, but I can tell you that all right for this year. This year, I think I one of the one of the first episodes of this year I had on was uh, Mina from Life, Life of Agony, which of course is huge. You know, Life of Agony is a, a giant band. Had on t- going back a little while, like Tommy Victor from Prong. Like the the biggest names that I've had aren't aren't always the biggest episodes. They the ones like this year, the one that that was best this year was Buggin. You know, the it's mm. and and I think that's because uh, people have people who like Life of Agony know all about life of agony and are well aware <laughs> of life of agony you know sure, but people yeah. who who know about bugging may not know everything there is you know that's that's a relatively unknown band it's they're coming they're, you know they got you know some fire behind them they want to click they want to hear that one and i don't know it's it's just an interesting thing that i found is that usually the bigger bands for me have lesser lesser downloads and it's it's not what you know people would think from the outside but it's been true Definitely. I, yeah, well, I'll just share an example just on my end. So obviously there's been some like really like there's the public views for like the YouTube versions. Yeah. But like I don't think 
even with Apple Music or Spotify, you can see like overall listens. It's just on the back end for for us. Yeah, yeah. So there's been countless times where I'm like, I'm having Jeremy of Comeback Kid on the podcast. That's good. Like that is like a huge milestone for me. That episode is going to be big. And then it does all right. It <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't go to right. the level that I thought. And I think it's a constant. It's a constant dance of like a number of things. One supply and demand for like the artist mm-hmm. like is this a person who a like maybe it's their first podcast ever i'm sure you've had a number of guests yeah, on yeah. your show yeah that where that's been the case so you know the first you know i think of uh laramie uh she's the vocalist in a band called give way um like the band itself is like very i guess recognizable in like the oklahoma area but like overall i wouldn't say like they're a wildly known hardcore band it's a band I, I like, and I think that sh- that bringing her on was like really fun. And it was, I think it was her first podcast ever. But like, I think in those cases, even with uh, Brianna from from Buggin, there's like all these like cult fans who are yeah. like actual people that are gonna share it and post it and like push it out into the ethos. You know, Jeremy of Comeback Kid, like you know, he's he's a great dude, um, and I'm really glad that he came on the podcast. And I'm never, 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 ever expecting someone because they were on the podcast. Like, I'm not going to, like, not like them or be like, oh, man, you didn't you didn't post the podcast. You didn't share it or whatever. But, like, he didn't. So, A, that takes out any of his organic reach. Yeah. Um, but, B, maybe, like, when people are searching for Comeback Kid interviews, they're only looking for Andrew, like, the vocalist of the band. Right, right. So, like, for me, it's like, I like to dabble and change things up and like, you know, I, I had Cody from drain on the podcast and like, I know there's a ton of interviews with Sammy, who's their vocalist at the time when I was reaching out, it was right when COVID hit. So he was like, dude, I am not in a mood to like <laughs> do it press and interviews. But like Cody came on and we had a really awesome conversation. Um, you know, again, it wasn't like, this is the episode where it's the next step, but it was, like for me, I don't care about numbers. I don't care if, you know, you put this out, like maybe you care, but like if we're putting this out and like, like I'm always thinking about like one person, like one person who's like listening. Like I know that like most of my content gets way more than just like one listen or one watch. Right. But I'm always like, I'm betting on like one person watching that set of that band that like is like, I love this band for life. Listening to that podcast about like, you know, Corey from Move talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter and just the importance of like, you know, not being performative and all these things and like changing their perspective on. It. So I'm always like the content I make isn't to like get or like crazy monetization or anything like that because like a that does not happen. No, it doesn't exist. With anything yeah. that I do that doesn't <laughs> exist, especially in hardcore. But I'm always in the like I'm in the I'm focused on the company of one, the the one person like that I probably won't hear from, but mm-hmm. I know that there's someone who's like, yeah, that was good, but I probably will never hear that. Yeah, and that, yeah. and whether that's a ridiculous way of thinking, um, it is still something where I'll put an out an I'll put out an episode months go by, and then I'll get that DM like, hey, I really recognize what you're doing. I've been listening since this episode. Keep it up. So like that's just a constant like that's fuel that keeps me going. But for me, 
I think a lot of people get lost in the sauce about like trying to like blow up on YouTube or blow up their podcast versus thinking like, hey, can I just have a thousand great conversations right, and just right. record them and put them out into the world? Yeah, no, and that's that's a great, great, great perspective to have, and and I can relate to, to on certain levels. The 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 what I what gets me is I'll look, you know, whatever. I've been putting them out on Monday lately, so I'll look on Monday evening just what the numbers are, and then usually I get that first number at the top that's like that's it. Yeah, but you know, whatever it is, like, just because it's all, all expectations are always, you know, like, oh, it should have done better, whatever. And then I, but then I scroll down and what on, I don't know what your analytics look like, but on mine, the, the, the last thing I see is a, uh, is a map, a world map where mm-hmm. it lists the yeah. countries that it was played in. And then you can click on each country and then you get a dot in every city. And depending on how many listens in that city, the dots bigger, you know, or smaller. Sure. And definitely. And of course, you know, usually, well, like take this week for example. This week I go in there and I look, and somebody from Brussels, Belgium, has listened to like forty episodes this, or downloaded like forty episodes this week. And it's like, who the sure. fuck? How did? That's so weird. Like it's so awesome, but who's listening to me that much? Like, right. I, that's you know, it's still when when it, my point being when you look at that, or even when I look at the, the United States map, and it takes a little bit for it to populate, and it's you start seeing dots all over the country and what goes through my mind is that i don't know anybody who lives there you know <laughs> like I, that's not a, it's not a friend of mine just checking it out like these are strangers and and that's that's what like i, I don't know that i have many meaningful conversations on here just because of how i am you know but but <laughs> but the uh but it's interesting to me it's like holy shit like it's, it's just weird i don't know it's 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 a total mind fucking i don't think a lot of it's just hard to imagine people listening to you talking or doing things. For uh, sure, it's, yeah. it's just it's a, it's really bizarre. I don't know, uh, but but it's but it's very cool too when you when you when you put it all in perspective. Uh, but mm-hmm. you guys just hit your uh, 100th episode, and I just I just yeah. listened to that, and it's like you were talking about just having a chat with the guys who are all involved, and you mentioned what capacity they're all involved in, but I don't know that I quite understand. So it's the you got the the video. And and the video of the shows, right? And and then the podcast. Is that all that there is? Or is there more So yeah, like so quick quick little tangent on about like how scope started. So I was living in Winnipeg. Uh Cole, who's our kind of like uh primary photographer, lived in Calgary, and then there's Matt who also was filming shows in like Vancouver, Kelowna, uh is where he's based. And so I was kind of inspired I, I came to Calgary for a, tw- a fest in 2016. I filmed that just like under like, you know, Spencer Priest. That was like my YouTube channel. And then when I'm always thinking like every year, I'm like, how do I like make this better? How do I make the videos better? How do I do these things? So I was like, oh, I see these other people doing shows. We should partner up. This is like one of those shower ideas where you're like being pelted by hot water and then your brain is just like, and just like comes up with like the million dollar idea. Not to say scope's a million dollar idea, but it was a good idea. It might be. So I like met, yeah. Give it time. I messaged the guys, give it time. Um, I messaged the guys, I was like, hey, what if we all documented our own like shows in our own areas and then we put it on one YouTube channel, but we all like met up in Calgary for like the fest. And like, like thinking about it now, it was like, well, that probably wouldn't have worked because Cole is primarily a photographer. 
So like to force him to do video where he's that isn't his strong suit, that wouldn't have worked. Um, but everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. So we all met up in Calgary and we, you know, did the fest together. So I was filming video, Matt was filming video, and then Cole was doing photos. So like with any scoped live set, it was always like, hey, we have video and we have photos from that set. So we would like share them in tandem with one another. Uh, eventually I moved to Calgary. So it was like, Hey, I can just do video, uh, and Cole can take photos. Um, and then, you know, you know, we grew the team and now it's like certain people do different things. Um, so we have the live sets we have like, you know, we're based in Calgary, but like, you know, we have members elsewhere. Um, Matt is really into like DJing and a lot of that stuff. So this is, again, was another COVID idea. It was around May. We're actually coming up to the one year mark of when we started this, but it was like, hey, what if we just did like a monthly, it wasn't even, it was a weekly Spotify playlist. Yeah. And like me and Matt can just curate it together. We'll just do like a shared thing. Um, and that was like, I don't think anyone's going to give Right, right. <laughs> and originally it was like, oh, let's only do bands that uh, we filmed. Because then it will push people from the playlist to seeing the live sets. And then over time, it was like, okay, we've done the same bands <laughs> for like eight weeks in a right, row. Right. We need to expand a little bit. So then I started to like, hey, like bands are still putting out music. Maybe I should do like a monthly thing. So then the monthly p- playlist came a thing. And those, I think, might be the the biggest as far as like exposing us to new eyes. Because a lot of bands are just like, dying for like any content related oh, to yeah. their music. Especially playlists. Besides, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, we'll do that. And I was always seeing people doing playlists, but like it's like, hey, I'm gonna upload three hundred songs into one thing. Right. Like you click shuffle and have fun. So I was always like, well what if we just had like one place where we constantly updated it and it was always something if you're at the gym, it's like, oh it is Monday. Let me check what scoped has on the docket and then you could see the theme of what we do so like so as far as the the main things that we're doing right now live sets well we're not doing that but like we have that we have like hundreds of live sets from all around the world um the podcasts which um it's kind of like our main thing until shows come back yeah and then um yeah we we have a playlist that we update every monday nice i try to do one too and it fell off for a long time with that but i, I just started doing it again um right and it's similar to, sounds exactly like like you guys do where you clear it every week and put a new thing up um yeah i don't know about you but i don't listen to playlists but apparently everybody else does i'm an album <laughs> person i gotta do i gotta do the full thing it has to be first song to the last song i don't want to listen to a playlist but but sure. I understand that that's the way people listen to music now. So, you know, so, you do that. You know, going going back to what you were saying earlier, I don't know if this was when we officially started the podcast, but uh, when you're on the elliptical and you're listening to demos, yeah, like I, as soon as I see something that I know is new, or like, it, and in it, it's like no one's asked me. Spencer, how do you find all about all these random bands? Like I have gotten DMs like, how do you know about Knuckle Dragger from Australia? And it's like, well, I listened to Forge Ahead podcast. They played it and I just add it. Yeah. Like sometimes they'll just add it to the playlist and not even listening, listen to it until it's like, oh, I got to post this tomorrow. I should listen to all these bands. <laughs> and sometimes I'll like cut it. It's like, oh, this is a little sucks. Out there. But yeah. I just, I just have, 
um, I just try to have my influence of like either if it's like someone who reviews music, who like mosh reacts to music. And sometimes it's again going, I love serendipity. So it's like sometimes it's just someone sharing like it to their Instagram story and I like their band, but they're just promoting another band. So I'm like, like shout out to Kyle from Wild God Sleeps. He's shared so many bands. I'm like, hmm, what's this about? Like I, I like the, the album art seems interesting or like I've never heard that name before. Yeah. And then it's like a ridiculously cool band that like I build a friendship with over time. And then it just like it just goes a step beyond because, again, like a, a lot of bands are just like they're one have creative outlets to like write music and put it out. But like once it's out, you can't like squeeze that lemon as hard as you normally could with shows. Right. 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 So it's like when you get a tag from us that we put you on the playlist that starts a conversation and then I have you on the podcast and then that builds a relationship and then when shows come back hopefully my hope is that a lot of the bands that I've you know befriended and you know had a lot of communication with like when shows come back and I think there's just going to be a plethora of people who are like I want to tour as much as I can wherever I can I want to go to Western Canada where Scoped is because, you know, he's rode for our band, you know, during this whole time. That's how I'm trying to tie everything that we do together. Everything that I do is, like, just bringing it back to, like, come to Western Canada, come to Alberta, come to Saskatchewan, come to BC. Because, again, going back to what we were saying a little bit earlier, when people think of Canada, they just think of Toronto. <laughs> and there, we are a big landmass, and we have geography and, like, cities spread out against us. But we have like so many people and so many scenes like so like ride or die for hardcore and like the fact that any band comes from any anywhere in the world, we always try to put on the most insane show for them. Well, that's so. awesome. And I, I, I love the, the energy and the idea behind it and the passion you guys seem to have for this, you in particular. Um, mm. changing, my, changing my mind about Canadians a little bit. See, I had this thing when I was younger, <laughs> as like 10 or 11 and I had a neighbor who was Canadian, and I pushed him through uh, a living room window. And uh, we had my what? friends. Yeah, yeah, you know, things happen. I pushed him through the living room window, and it, you know, the glass shatters and all that. And and the mom of the other kid comes in, and he ratted me out right away. So I've had a thing against oh, Canadians for a very long time. You didn't just say sorry. No, it wasn't so- like a trip. He's like, he pushed me. I'm like, come oh. on, man, you can't do that. So, so you're 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 scoring good points for the Canadians. I needed that. So. Yeah, but but hey, man, thank you for having this conversation. I I, I want to know more, but I feel like we've gone on too long. Um, at this point, we we could definitely do it again another time. Um, definitely, I would love when you guys get it. when you guys. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I think I got a good idea. When 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 that uh, when that split comes around, maybe you and someone else from the other band and all three of us should do something <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I think that'd be a good that idea. That would be a disaster of a conversation, but I'm game. Yeah, I'm yeah, so game. Absolutely. <laughs> let's try let's try to do that. But hey, thank, Spencer, thank you for doing this. Is there anything you you mentioned the podcast comes back what, the second? The fifth? Yeah. Yeah. So the Scope Podcast comes back March second. Um we drop episodes on Tuesdays and Friday on every uh, podcast platform, including YouTube, because we do video. Um, maybe I'll just shout out some episodes that I'm coming up. Um, so I, I have Anaya from Dare and Zulu coming back on. Uh, I recorded an episode with James of Ends of Sanity. Um, they just put out a killer EP. 
Um, I'm interviewing Jake of Judiciary this weekend. Nice. Um, uh, Brian from Knock Loose is going to be coming on. We just have to figure out a date because he he's driving across the country to get a dog right now. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's that'll be a story that I'm sure, you'll have yeah. to tune in for the podcast. But um, yeah, Scope Exposure Podcast. Um, we have a ton of really cool live sets um, from all over the. You know, bands that you know, bands you might not know from Cool Fests. Um, highly recommend you check that out if you're like, I've gone through the Hate Five Six and 197 Gauntlet and I need something a little bit new and different. Um, and yeah, we do a Spotify playlist called Listen Up. It's on uh, Spotify, updates every Monday. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. This is really fun to chat about. Oh, Endgame has a split yeah, yeah. coming out in. Uh, in the summer, whenever you know restrictions lighten up, so we can like just be in the same room to to jam the songs, um, it's going to be insane and lots of swords. I'll say that. <laughs> nice. Well, hey man, it sounds like you got a lot. You got a lot happening, and I'm looking forward to all of it. So, uh, good luck with it all. Uh, I'll be looking out for it. Hell yeah! Thank you. All right, for having me on, man. Yeah, of course. Take care, man. Bye. See ya.
of their lives. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Spencer. Be sure to go check out the Endgame demo and be on the lookout for that split that we uh, hinted at coming up in the near future. And of course, check out Scoped Exposure in uh, every capacity, but especially the podcast because they did just relaunch for their second season. Uh, as he mentioned, there's an episode with uh, what's his name from Dare and what's his name from, I believe it's Ends of Sanity. Go check them out. Um, the one guy made a very uh, very cool comment, uh, Ends of Sanity, and uh, I tried to put that into action today. So there you go. I got something out of scoped exposure. Maybe you can too. I bet you can. Anyway, all right. So if you'd like to reach out for any reason whatsoever, you can do so at dan at gettingitout.net. Send me an email. Love getting them. If you want your music played on the show, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, pitch it to me. I'm not telling you we'll do it, but... Uh, you know, reach out. We'll see. Uh, but for sure, if you want your music played, I always do that for people. And uh, if you want to follow whatever else is happening, you can do that at getting it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram and Facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. There's Twitter too at getting it out pod, but that's really just repost from the other platform. So not necessarily need to follow that one. And I don't use it very often. So if you mention me on there, I might miss it. I saw that recently, this cool band, Ill Communication from out in, uh, in uh, California. Uh, tagged me on a post about the bugging episode, which I totally appreciate. I just don't go on Twitter, so I missed it. And now I feel a bit, a bit like a fool. But I see you, Ill Communication, and I appreciate it. Uh, what else? I think that's it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Getting It Out Podcast. I told you about that in the beginning. I'm going to end this one with a band who doesn't necessarily need the promotion, but they are a past Getting It Out Podcast guest, so I'm going to push it anyway. I'm going to, in fact, push it away. This is terror off of their Trapped in a World LP that's been re-recorded with, uh, what's his name? The guy from the guy who doesn't want anybody to eat lunch with him, Todd Jones from Nails. Uh, he used to be in Terror, blah, blah, blah. You know all that stuff. But anyway, this is Push It Away from Terror off the Trapped in a World re-recording LP, whatever we're calling that thing. Check it out. Hope you like it. Hope you love it. That's it for this week. Please subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah!
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.